Welcome back to another episode of the Drinking and Talking Fantasy Football Podcast. Good evening, everyone. Your host, Dustin Lunt here. And so close, yet so far away, my co-host, Jake. How are you doing tonight? Hello, hello, hello. I'm shouting, shouting. <laughs> um, I'm great, man. I'm, I'm all the way over here uh, across the yard. And uh, I am ready and willing to dive into more free agency talk. Yes. I'm not going to lie, I, I actually, it, it pained me to stop talking about it last week. I know, we could have kept going, which is not something that I ever say. <laughs> oh, no, nor does your wife. No, that either. <laughs> oh, fun. See, the banter's still here, people. We may not be in the same room, but our minds are in the same place. That's right. So, yeah, we're, we're going to finish up our wide receiver, tight end, free agency talk because uh, we did not touch on that last week. Maybe uh, we'll go through a handful of the leftover QB or running back uh, signings that happened since uh, we recorded last Thursday, and then um, that'll be our episode. Should be fun. That'll be it. Yeah, I mean, don't skip to the end of it. No. Excellent synopsis listen to us uh, flush it out but yeah i'm i'm excited to get into this oh, yeah but first things first of course what are we drinking oh but what are you drinking i am drinking what is probably the most aptly named beer and it just happened this way because i bought it uh, about a week and a half ago before um we were basically put on hashtag safer at home quarantine for uh, the whole state of wisconsin here um okay. And, and it's it's from Hacienda Beer Company out of uh, Door County, Green Bay, and it's called "Does Anybody Work Around Here?" I like it. So do I. I think it's great. So this is a dry hop, unfiltered lager, coming in at five point three percent. That's a that's a that's a nice one. That's a nice sessionable um, drinker, right there. Yes, I am very happy about it. I had a similar thought. So before the, uh, let's call it non-quarantine, let's call it pseudo-quarantine, let's call it um, hashtag don't go outside. Uh, before this came out in Wisconsin, um, I, you know, we obviously want to support our local businesses. Of course. Uh, we're, we're both very much uh, passionate about doing that. And so there's a great Madison brewery around here called Giant Jones um, that has the the biggest and boldest beers of any brewery dare i say within the state limits uh potentially within the world limits but they that's what they do they do very high octane stuff um this one is called burton's ale it's an amber clocks in at 8.5 Ooh. yeah a hefty 8.5 which for them is actually on the slightly lower end of things uh but i'm excited yeah, for an amber, that's a very high octane. Yeah, no, I don't know about yours, but my mine looks so pleasant. Like it's so unsuspecting. It's got this nice orangish yellow, uh, maybe even a tiny bit of pink in there, uh, hue, and it doesn't it doesn't look as dastardly as it really is. Well, that's good. Yeah, mine is crystal clear, like a straw hay color. Uh, but crystal clear. See right through it. Um, ooh, it smells. You can tell it's dry hopped. It's got a nice, nice smell to it. 
Mine looks like a failed urine test, is what it looks like. It looks like somebody, it's a little too cloudy for all that. Like, they would send it back. If, if you submitted this to Commissioner Goodell, he would send it back instinctively. And say, there's definitely something wrong. You need to go to the doctor. <laughs> That's correct. That's but, yeah, this beer is delicious. Um, it, it's definitely dry hopped. You can tell it's got that uh, almost like a floral hoppy uh, flavor to it. Um, it's very good, very light and refreshing. I like this. What kind of floral are we talking about? Dandelion? Got a little bit of dandelion in there? A little lilac, maybe? Sure. Okay. All right. Just check. And I never know when people talk about florals, which florals they're talking about. It's so wide open. There's so many options. There is. But that's all the more I'm going to give you. All right. You're going to have to seek this beer out for yourself and try it. Classic Dustin being withholding. That's right. Do we want to uh, go ahead and give our ratings on our respective beers here, quick? Yes, let's do it. I will, I will go with a 4, a 4.0. Solid 4? Four. Yeah. Four and a 4. Uh, I, I really, I love this brewery. I love this beer in particular. This is the first time I've had this beer, um, but I was unafraid because they always do excellent stuff. I'm giving it a 4.5. Woo, nice. Yeah, it doesn't taste like an 8.5 beer, which is uh, important sometimes because you get those ones that taste every bit of alcohol mm-hmm. uh, and it's not a pleasant drinking experience so I much prefer this nice speaking speaking of unpleasant drinking experiences do we want to get into our drunk 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 hammer drunk 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 trade of the week oh yeah yes we do so this this week it comes from twitter at fantasy fancy this is uh for eagle-eyed listeners by the way or eagle-eared listeners, I suppose. This is the second appearance by mm-hmm. Fantasy Fancy on this section of the podcast. So um, this person really likes to drink and trade. So if yeah. you're in a league with them, keep that in mind. <laughs> right, so uh, they say his trade was Adrian Peterson straight up for Danny Woodhead. Now, this was 2016. So put yourself in the flashback machine here. Two weeks into the season... Danny Woodhead got taken out for the season by Telvin Smith. And if you recall, was never the same. Nope. Only played eight more games after that and was no good. Yeah, one of the more sadder injuries to ever happen since it really just derailed his career because that guy was something else to watch. He could have played until he was 45. Mm-hmm. And he would have outlasted Tom Brady. He was 32 when he ultimately called it a day uh, the next season, which for a running back, still great. Um, but he was obviously the pass-catching guy. Mm-hmm. He, he's still going, technically. He's he's technically got like a starting job now. <laughs> um, that year, he only played three games, though, himself. So it's not as if that year you felt like you lost the trade. No, but long-term, that's just very unfortunate. Okay. You did. Um, you missed out on 1,000-yard season after that in 2018. Uh, but, you know, 2017, it's not like you wanted to play him either. That's when he bip-bopped around from uh, uh, the Saints to the Cardinals mm-hmm. and just never really got going. But, yeah, you're. I mean, look, you'd rather have something than nothing. And uh, that 1,000-yard rushing season in 2018, you would have been happy with. Absolutely. 
That's unfortunate. Mm-hmm. On the uh, on the sake bomb scale, on a on a scale of one sake bomb to floor, uh, which is anything more than one. By the way, if you have more than one, you're, you're probably gonna pass out. What what is this rank here for you? Um, considering they both got hurt, I don't know. It, it's a like a four. Four or five? Yeah. I don't think you understand my scale, Dustin. I don't think so. Have you not? You know what a sake bomb feels like in your innards. Well, Uh, I'm just going assuming um, on the floor is is like a one out of ten. So. Oh, I mean, you're completely disrespecting my scale, but that's fine. All right. I didn't didn't know what the scale was. You just said one to to floor is, is... you know, maybe maybe I can do ten of them and not hit the floor. No, I specifically stated anything more than one would probably lead you to pass out. Okay, so, so it's it's a half a sake bomb. <laughs> okay, perfect. That's that's all I wanted to hear. Okay, I would say this is uh, yeah, this is this is a sipper. You know, you take a sip of it uh, and you hate it, so then you just don't finish it. But that's what I'm going with here. It's the, really on its head. It's not that bad. Have you bad. done sake bombs? Because that's not how you do sake bombs. You don't sip those. I, I'm, but I'm saying that somebody caught wind. Maybe it was their first time doing a sake bomb. They said, what's this all about? Uh, and maybe behind the group's back, just went ahead, did a little smell. Okay. Little sip, you know, try and, try and figure shit out before they, they dove in. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying you should do it that way. I'm just saying that's what happened here. Okay. All right. Fair enough. All right, shenanigans can be moved on from, uh, at least in this category. And you want to talk about our actual, our main main attraction? Yeah. Right. Yeah, the main attraction. I like that. So um, we'll just quickly go through kind of the, the QBs and running backs that uh, any signings that happened, um, touch on them briefly, and then, you know, meat of the episode here, we'll, we'll dig into the wide receivers and tight ends. So for quarterbacks, I guess the big news, not really a signing, but Cam Newton was finally released. I think everybody saw that coming, especially after Bridgewater signed there. Uh, But as of today, 325 at 547 p.m., um, he hasn't been signed anywhere yet. So um, what where do you see Cam going, Jake? And, you know, what uh, what's his fantasy outlook for next year? Well, I uh, I went ahead and, and posted up. A, uh, a wish list of sorts for the remaining free agents that are out there and for quarterbacks there's really three at this point that I expect to land a job um, with starting capabilities here this year mm-hmm. and it's Cam, it's Jameis and it's Andy Dalton um, say what you want about Andy Dalton I still believe he will sign someplace um, and, and potentially uh, take over starting duties but I think with Cam it makes a lot of sense for him to go to some place like the Chargers. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's not going to go to one of the the you know teams that have top picks. He's not going to the Bengals. He's not going to the Dolphins. I I really don't suspect that he'll go to New England either. Although that would be fantastic for fantasy purposes. Yeah, yeah. I feel like it's. I mean, the the two obvious destinations are either you know New England or the Chargers. Uh, I don't see him 
necessarily signing anywhere else at this point. Uh, like you said, you know, kind of the big names have already been signed for the most part, and the teams that high have high draft picks want to invest in that rookie to get the cheap contracts. So uh, I would really like to see him in L.A. I think that would be a, a great move, um, getting paired up with the Keenan Allen and you know just all all the weapons that they have there. I think that'd be a great fit for him. That that would uh, would that help or hurt Eckler's value in your opinion? Um, I don't think it would hurt, but it wouldn't necessarily help. I mean, Cam threw to to CMC all the time. It didn't seem to stop him. So um, yeah, it took a little bit of an adjustment period for him to to start doing that. But once he did, yeah, he was great. Mm-hmm. I I agree. I agree. A couple other notable, well, notable in quotes here, but so Cam was released from the Panthers. We already talked about Teddy Bridgewater being there. Um, they added P.J. Walker, who was a, a quarterback who flashed in the XFL, who looked to be in the, uh, you know, the MVP of the XFL, which, I don't know, take that for what it's worth, but they went ahead and signed him because he had a connection with Matt Rule. Um, from the college days, so that's interesting at least to keep an eye on. If Teddy B uh, flounders at all, they, they basically have a, a quality reserve there. Um, and then Kyle Allen got transferred from the Panthers over to Washington, uh, which cleared their depth chart uh, in Carolina a bit. But So now it's him and Dwayne Haskins. I don't know. I mean, there's Nor... Uh, not Norv, sorry. Um, head coach of Washington. Who the hell am I? Rivera. Thank you so much. Ron Rivera's there. Obviously has a connection with Kyle Allen. That's probably why he was brought in. Kyle Allen didn't look magnificent last year, but he's solid. So another guy who could win out mm-hmm. in a competition, maybe? Yeah, maybe. I guess remains to be seen. It depends on how much uh, you know the new coaching staff there likes, likes Haskins. So... Um. We'll see. Those aren't very exciting. No. We got a couple of running backs that we didn't talk about. Yes, yes. Uh, Last time that are exciting. You want to give us a heads up on those? Yes. So the first one, um, Todd Gurley ended up signing with the Falcons, um, which should be a fairly good fit for him. I would say he's probably going to be, he could, assuming he stays healthy and, you know, his knees don't fall off his body, um, you know, could be in that low end wide, wide receiver running back one or very high end, you know, running back two. you know, in that kind of 12 to 14 range, I would expect, uh, just based on what Freeman's done there, uh, in the past and, you know, just how that offense moves the ball. What do you think? I mean, I think this was probably the best scenario if he if he had to get traded away from the Rams. I don't know that there's a better spot that was vacant for him outside of Tampa Bay, potentially. Um, or, you know, I, I'd rather him go to Atlanta than Miami. Right. Miami. But so. here's the crazy thing. Just, just think about this for a second. Houston could still have Hopkins... And they could have picked up Todd Gurley off the, you know, as a free agent and not had to trade for David Johnson. Look, here's the thing. Um, they're fucking stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, who knew this was coming, to be honest? It's not, I, I know there was like whispers of it, but I don't think anybody really thought that this offseason that that was going to happen. Um, so, 
reached out. They could have reached out and, and tested the waters yeah. a little bit more than they did. I feel like Bill O'Brien just went, well, he had a list of running backs in no particular order, and David Johnson just happened to be at the top of that list. And so he reached out. He's like, well, what do you? I'll give you. A, I'll give you this much. I'll give you my arms full of stuff. And they said, okay, cool. And he said, cool. And then he was just done with it. He didn't really put that much thought into it. <laughs> um, but yeah, Devonta Freeman. Well, it's not that he looked great last year there, but he did have a stretch where he was very, uh, where he was performing actually very well towards the end there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that was a Freeman issue more than a team issue. Uh, and it's not like Gurley has any competition there, truly. As much as I love Quadre Allison, I don't think he's going to be vulturing too many snaps away. No. So I like it. All right. So then um, next one was Melvin Gordon signed to the Broncos, which um, uh, I just – that whole situation just did not work out well for him. After the holdout, you know, he – the Chargers offered him, what, $10 million a year on average? Yeah. And um, – He's got not getting anywhere near that here. Um, and to the Broncos of all teams, where um, I don't understand the Broncos signing him because, you know, they have Philip Lindsay, they have Royce Freeman. They were a pretty good one two combo last year. So that just muddies that whole backfield up for me. And I'm probably going to stay away from the entire thing. Uh, yeah, I think. I don't know if I'll stay away entirely. Everybody's going to have to come at a discount on that team. Now. Right. I mean, obviously there there's a there's a point where if they drop in the draft, obviously I'll draft them. But um, just with the name value alone for for Gordon, I think he's still going to get drafted fairly high. Um, and at that where he's, I'm expecting him to be drafted. I'm just going to stay away. Do you think he goes before, let's say round five? Yes. You do. Oh, yeah. that was unequivocal. You think he is drafted inside the top fifteen running backs? Then, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah, at that price, I would I would want to stay away. Um, not only because they still have Royce Freeman there, who is fine enough. Like he really is not a bad running back for a pure NFL standpoint. Mm-hmm. Fantasy, he was not always you know pleasant, obviously. But if they don't ditch him, Lindsay, I just can't see them going away from Philip Lindsay for for the receiving game so much. Mm-hmm. He's just so good at it. There's no reason. Melvin Gordon is adequate as a receiving running back, but he is not Philip R- Lindsay. As no. Back. So, yeah, it's a little murky, and, and I'm not – I don't know. I mean, it's better than nothing. <laughs> Obviously. But you can't be that thrilled that he went to Denver. No, I. It's just yeah. Of all the spots for him to land, of potential landing spots out there, that's wasn't one I was expecting to say the least. God no. You want to talk about Deion Lewis? Let's talk about Deion Lewis. I think the only thing we can say is he went to the Giants. He's going to be a backup to Barkley. What else is there to say? You just wait. There's going to be a running back competition in the off season. It's going to be a 50-50 split. You Saquon owners, you're just, so disappointed. Just like he pushed uh, Derrick Henry last year. That's right. That's right. That's exactly <laughs> exactly the same as this going to be. This is nothing signing. It's a depth piece in case yep. worst scenario, Saquon gets hurt. Yep. And then our last one, again, it's just kind of a eh. Peyton Barber goes to Washington. More of a depth move at this point. 
the only thing this makes me more excited for um, is his is his previous spot. So this makes me a little bit more excited for Tampa Bay now because they're clearing out some of the muck. Um, they had a lot of dudes there, none of them great. Peyton mm-hmm. Barber, Ronald Jones, um, our our homeboy from Wisconsin, our hometown dude. Uh, was there in Dare Agumbawale. Mm-hmm. Well, at least you got one of them out. So it should be a fresher landing spot for an incoming rookie, um, which would be nice. But otherwise, yeah, this is nothing. Okay, so now that we, we uh, cleared out the trash, so to speak, I know I shouldn't speak ill of, of you know, second-rate running backs because they're still better than me. Um, let's Let's get into the wide receivers. Yeah, this is what I've been excited to talk about okay. since last week in truth. So I want to start. I got a specific wide receiver I want to start with here. Um, and I know it's probably not the most high-flying one. Obviously, the Hopkins one we haven't discussed yet, which we will get to that right after this. Hinted at. We hinted at it. Yes. But, uh, you know, very near and dear to my heart, Devin Funches signs with Green Bay. So, have you been keeping up with the Twitter sphere on on this <laughs> signing here? Most people not very excited about it. I, I I mean I I can't imagine it's going to be big for fantasy purposes. Um, but I like it for real life football. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I I just like that they brought in somebody, and it seems like it's going to be at the veteran minimum or mm-hmm. pretty close to that. Um, so it's not like they they went up and spent on somebody. Um, but yeah, they're bringing in competition. He is a little too close to uh, what Lazard is, um, from my perspective, which is unfortunate. But he seems to be a great red zone option. Mm-hmm. In, in his last year, obviously, we didn't get to see what he did with the Colts last year because he got hurt right away, uh, which sucked. Um, we talked about him last off season though as a fine red zone addition for the Colts, and I think he'll do the same thing here. Mm-hmm. He's, he's kind of a makeshift wide receiver tight end um which they need uh with the departure of jimmy graham and it's sternberger there as their tight end guy but honestly he kind of fills that type of void so now they can go ahead and draft a speedier guy of mm-hmm. which there are plenty of in the rookie draft well and i like i like that he's a little bit more of a veteran presence because that wide receiver core is so young outside of uh adams uh so it's nice to bring in someone else that's been in the league um you know and and his physical tools are just outstanding i know when he he uh was coming into the league you know everyone thought he was the next greatest wide receiver and obviously it hasn't quite worked out as we had hoped but um so he's got the physical tools. Um, I suppose there's probably going to be he'll probably be like a decent uh, flex option for you. Uh, you know, maybe not every week, but maybe like a bye week fill in if you're desperate as like a wide receiver three on your team. I could see him having those weeks for you. Supposing that everything stays the same, um, and you don't trust a rookie wide receiver that that they draft as a stud. You know, if they take mm-hmm. a rookie wide receiver in the first two rounds. I'm not really trusting Funchess as like a solid flex option in that case. In that case, I would agree. Yes, I'll be interested. Yeah, I'll be mm-hmm. I'll be very interested to see how the rest of it fleshes out. He's basically the cheapest guy that was out there, so it, it sucks because yes, I would have loved to have gotten a Robbie Anderson, 
from my Homer perspective. Mm-hmm. Honestly, even a Nelson Aguilar was was on my radar for that. Um, but this is an interesting one, and I I'm excited to see how it pans out over the mm-hmm. offseason. Yep, absolutely. But now that we've teased and uh, faked out, do you think we can get into the actual headliner? Yes. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> uh, and I'm sure everybody's heard all about it already, and and um, but we haven't talked about it yet. So that's that's what's most important is that we talk about it. So yeah, DeAndre Hopkins was traded to Arizona for David Johnson and. Swapping fourth round picks and a bag of peanuts, basically. So, uh, (laughs) I know, and a second rounder, but um, Hopkins is still my top three wide receivers easily. Um, You know, he's still in his prime. Um, I really like this for Arizona in general. Um, Obviously, I feel like the Kyler Murray hype is going to just go off the off the freaking rails here. Um, he'll be too rich for my blood come draft time. But um, how do you see Hopkins uh, being affected here with this trade? Um, it took me a little bit of sleuthing here to figure out exactly what I thought of this trade. As somebody who has DeAndre Hopkins uh, on a couple of teams, it's at first blush, I don't like any wide receiver switching teams in the offseason. Correct. The track record is not incredible. Mm-hmm. His name is Brandon Cooks um, for when you switch teams in the offseason. Even somebody like OBJ, who mm-hmm. just this last season. Now, he obviously had some injury concerns that were built into it. Um, but in general, wide receivers who do that don't don't excel as much as they did the previous year. So mm-hmm. Correct. I was a little concerned. The other concern that I had was about his volume because he was one of, let's say, two and a half receivers uh, on the Texans who were viable. And then one of those receivers out of the two and a half would be injured Mm -hmm. for 12 games every year and Will Fuller. And so he was just funnel targets constantly. Um, they, They didn't jump off to running backs very much. They use their tight ends, but not excessively, not like they do in Philadelphia or something. So I was concerned about that. Arizona has more weapons. They have Larry Fitzgerald. They have an emerging Christian Kirk. They do utilize their running backs in the passing game. So concerned. And then I went ahead and looked at uh, what they did offensively last year, those two teams. And the Cardinals and Texans both had about the same number of pass attempts. Cardinals were a slight uptick there. Um, But the thing is, Deshaun Watson was always running for his life and throwing to Hopkins because he had to. Kyler Murray still may be running for his life sometimes, but won't necessarily have to throw to Hopkins. So I do think it's a down tick, but I can't take him out of my top six. You know, I, I think I don't expect him to finish top three, but I also don't finish expect him to finish as, you know, outside the top ten by any means. Mm-hmm. Um so I don't I don't know. It's maybe the argument could be made that these other guys are gonna take attention away from Hopkins, which he didn't have the you know mm-hmm last year on that team to do because nobody was 
they were double covering, covering him like you would Julio Jones. You know, you, you have to respect those guys because there's nobody else to respect to that level. Apologies to Calvin Ridley, by the way, in that analogy. But, um, yeah, it's it's like, which narrative do you fall into? Mm-hmm. Do you think he's going to be top five lock, right? I do. Absolutely. I don't know. It's going to be the most interesting debate of the offseason, in my, in my opinion. Okay. Well, we can debate that more as the offseason progresses here, and um, we're all looking for uh, something to talk about as we're quarantined. So. <laughs> Indeed. So uh, we'll move on here. Um, AJ Green got franchise tagged. I don't think a huge surprise there, um, assuming he signs it and doesn't hold out or anything. Uh, just another nice weapon for uh, Joe Burrow when he gets drafted number one overall by Cincinnati. Indeed. Again, assuming he stays healthy, he hasn't been the bastion of uh, health over the last few seasons. But uh, at this point, he's been out for an entire year. So, yes, he's a year older, but you would think he's also a year rested. So, um, we'll see what happens there. He's a year younger mentally because he had the off season. He had the whole season off. There you go. Right. That's that's. Something. I like that. Um, then yeah. we've. Got uh, uh, Mari Cooper re-signed with Dallas, um, which I think was the best uh, case scenario there for everyone involved. Uh, I was a bit surprised. Pleasantly so. I really was. Yeah, you thought he was going to walk, huh? I just, it wasn't about him. It was about, it was always about Jerry. And Jerry just never seemed to be able to get his shit together enough (laughs) to make the smartest decisions uh, when it came to uh, how to spend all of his ducats, mm-hmm. uh, so yeah, I, I had that in the thought, uh, that thought in the back of my head that he might go elsewhere. Yeah, so I think um, doesn't really change much. Dak is uh, franchised. Word on the street is that they're close to signing an extension at this point. I think I saw last report was averaging about thirty-five million a year, uh, making him one of the highest-paid quarterbacks in the league. Uh, to date, at least. but um, So that'll be good if they can lock both of them up long-term here. Uh, then you have Zeke long-term. So uh, you keep that core together uh, you know, for the next few years, at least. Um, it's good for fantasy. They did lose Travis Frederick to retirement. They did. Which is unfortunate um, for, that, for all of those guys, mm-hmm. really. Um, but I, I don't think it'll be enough of a, uh, of a hit. Like you said, the core offensive guys, skill position players, are are locked in they should be able to fill that hole fine Mm -hmm. i'm super worried about it but it is worth noting yep all right and then um another trade happened here uh stefan diggs goes to buffalo and unlike houston uh minnesota got a haul back for him so uh he was traded to buffalo with a seventh round pick and they got uh a first-round pick, a fourth-round pick, a sixth-round pick, and a fifth-round pick. So great haul uh, for Minnesota, which which is mutually beneficial for both teams. Obviously, uh, Diggs has been a little bit of a malcontent lately. Um, don't know if it was anything locker room personality-related, but just some of the tweets he had and things like that, it just seemed like he wanted out. Um, so he got out of Minnesota. Buffalo got... Uh, 
true number one wide receiver, which is nice. And, you know, Minnesota was able to clear up some cap space and get a bunch of picks to uh, reload their roster. So works out good for both teams. I think it works out better for uh, – honestly, I think it works out better for Buffalo right now. I, not saying that Vikings can't um, make quite an impression with all of those picks that they got out of this, especially that first-round pick. It'll be very exciting to see what they what they do with that. Mm-hmm. Do they spend it on another wide receiver out of this very great – uh, young group here do they do they venture onto the defensive side with that because there's plenty of not plenty of but there are some guys in that range that they could spend it on so but but it's it's just like fantasy football the unknown and getting all those picks it always looks great on paper because you go oh, that's right ball, right they only got one player look at all the shit that we got out of it but you've gotten a proven player who's the talent has never been the issue in my opinion for Diggs. He's always been an incredible talent. It's just in that offense, he was never going to be able to shine uh, quite the way that like the top top guys do. I don't know if that will be the the thing in Buffalo. I don't know if he'll really get to shine that much in in Buffalo either. But for Josh Allen, that's going to be I mean, gigantic. Yeah, it's great to have that weapon. The thing I'm concerned about is Kirk Cousins was a 69.1 completion percentage last season where Josh Allen was at 58.8%. So, you know, over 10% drop off um, completion percentage. That's that's a lot. If, if, if you have someone that um, isn't pinpoint accuracy with the ball, uh, I just wonder how that's going to to affect digs in his targets and, and the catchable balls he actually gets. That makes sense. I do wonder how much of that is built into Josh Allen always throwing it over the mountains. Mm-hmm. You know, because got John Brown burning down the field, and that's kind of the big guy. Yeah, he cold. He had, did have Cole Beasley there last year. Uh, and he's still should, there. He should. True, and that should have improved his his completion percentage by significant strides, which it did. I think uh, he was only like fifty two percent. Uh, completion percentage the year prior so that at least did bump him up a little bit um at least Diggs is a you know he's more of a route runner than a burner Mm -hmm. um hopefully that means that uh Diggs can still make up that yak like he did in Minnesota right that was a big thing for him no matter what um I do like it more for Josh Allen than I like it for Stefan Diggs for Diggs it's I don't know maybe a lateral move Right. For fantasy purposes. Mm-hmm. Um, he doesn't have Adam Thielen there, but he does have John Brown there and Cole Beasley there. Uh, I would say lateral move for Diggs owners. I, I'm not worried about him there. Are you worried about him at all? Slightly. I, I, I think it's a little bit of a downgrade unless, as we talked about, Allen can get his completion percentage a little bit better and get a little bit more accurate, which I know he did from year one to year two. That did improve. Uh, so maybe he'll take another jump. Will he get, ever get up to that, you know, near 70% completion percentage? Probably not. But, I mean, if he could get into the low 60s, I think that would be good. Uh, definitely help. Um, but I just, I don't know. I'll probably, again, barring Diggs falling in the draft, I think he'll be drafted um, higher than I'm willing to take him just based on the name and people seeing like, oh, he's the number one option now in, in Buffalo. I think he's going to get drafted too high for my my blood but we'll see 
I don't know. I, I don't expect him to be consistent in Buffalo, just like he wasn't necessarily consistent in Minnesota. Right. But, you know, if, if I, I guess I just wouldn't say wherever you had him in Minnesota, I wouldn't crazy adjust my rankings of him. I never had him super high in Minnesota. Oh, neither did I. Yeah, kind of lukewarm on him again. So, I, I mean, he'll he'll drop down a handful of spots. Yeah, it's not going to be anything super significant by any means, but I'm yeah. sure as I'm getting my projections going and, and my rankings that, you know, he will drop down a few spots from where he probably would have been had he stayed with Minnesota. That's legit. All can right. We talk about now. Can we please talk about Robbie Anderson? killing me do we want to i I was going by uh signing date here up the up the charts so um nope do it nope do it that way just just make me make me wait on it hey the juice is going to be worth the squeeze that's right that's right (laughs) (laughs) just 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 let the blood keep flowing that's fine i'm patient and i'm zen i'm tantric all right I'm, i'm ready so um Randall Cobb got a nice payday here. Um, signed with uh, Houston for three years for seven twenty-seven million dollars. Um, doesn't move the needle much for me. Obviously, they needed to sign someone with uh, Hopkins leaving, but as just more of a possession type receiver, yeah, it just doesn't do much for me. I'll probably be avoiding him unless he uh, falls super late in the draft. That's interesting to me. I uh, that's not the response that I expected from you and not not because of our Homer incentives here with Randall Cobb being a former Packer but I I think this actually does move the needle for him um, because, explicitly because yes they got rid of Hopkins we know Fuller's injury history we know Kiki Cutie's injury history we know Randall Cobb's I, injury history also true also true <laughs> But it's about his surroundings for me. Kenny Stills is really the only uh, sort of firmness there mm-hmm. in that receiving core, which is terrifying um, <laughs> outside of the tight ends. Um, and obviously, David Johnson is there if they decide they finally want to throw to running backs all of a sudden. Uh, and Duke Johnson, too. But um, Randall Cobb was not going to be able to flourish in Dallas, in my opinion. He was asked to fill in, basically, for the Cole Beasley role. Mm -hmm. The Cole Beasley role in Dallas was great for real football. It was never great for fantasy football. Right. We don't know who they're going to be able to add to the Texans at this point unless they work up another crazy trade, which is definitely possible. Mm -hmm. Maybe they trade for Brandon Cooks or somebody. I don't know. But unless they do... There's just not options there for wide receiver. And you can ask for a rookie to come in. Um, I don't know what their draft pick situation looks like in Houston, honestly. But, I mean, unless they get one of those top-tier rookie wide receivers, I'm kind of interested in Cobb. Not enough that, you know, I'm going to make him my wide receiver, too, on my fantasy team. But he provides interesting flex value for me at this point. Okay. Fair enough. Okay, so um, next on our list, we'll bump up here a little bit. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders signs with New Orleans. Thank God. Because <laughs> <laughs> they, right? they need more weapons on their team, obviously. They need a second wide receiver. They really, <laughs> they really did. They did. Um, if anything, I, just, I like this for Breeze. I like this for um, Michael Thomas. 
now that there's someone else opposite of him, it's it's good for Kamara. I just like it all around. From a fantasy perspective, Michael Thomas, he's obviously been a target hog forever. Part of that has been because he didn't have a true number two there. Um, last number two, I guess, was Ted Ginn like two years ago when he was still healthy and doing great. Um, are you worried about the downturn in targets versus what the uptick in efficiency should be for him now? Um a little bit. I mean, he probably won't repeat as the wide receiver one this upcoming season. Uh, I just don't expect him to get peppered with quite as many targets. But he's still going to be a mid-range wide receiver one at worst. Um, just the same pieces are there that have always been there. So uh, I, I just don't see that changing, barring a significant injury. For sure. The only thing I think this takes away from really for him is maybe a little bit of touchdown upside. He's had nine, three, nine touchdowns three different times in four seasons. Maybe that regresses, but that's always super hard to project. I don't see him getting 185 targets. No, definitely that's going to come down. But he'll go back to what he was used to, which mm-hmm. is like 140, 150. Which, which is... is- still uh, unbelievable yeah Um, like i said he's still going to be a mid-wayne mid-wange mid-range wide receiver one at worst he's gonna be mid-wange he's gonna be not very good um do you think that was a terrible toddler impression i don't even know why well i thought i thought you were gonna go with and then in marriage oh yeah no let's let's backtrack let's make it like i was doing that that sound way better uh that sounds like i was trying to do something good um the only person who i'm actually worried about here is jared cook a tiny bit um i think this takes away a little bit of his upside um maybe but it also um teams won't be able to focus on him as much with Sanders there. Let's be honest, it's not like they're focusing on the number two wide receiver on on the team, so they could roll a little bit more coverage towards Cook. Um, So it might open things up a little bit for him. Um, I don't necessarily see it as a negative, but maybe maybe caps his upside slightly. But I I feel like he's still going to get those red zone targets. Yeah, that's fair. I, I can absolutely see that. Okay, a um, couple mediocre signings here we could talk about, I guess, before we get to the big ones. Uh, Aguilar goes to Vegas. Eh, doesn't do much for me other than... Um, it's somebody. They needed bodies. They needed bodies. Might draw a few targets away from uh, Darren Waller. You know, that that's the only thing I could see as a downside. Um, we've got Laquan Treadwell signing with Atlanta. Do you think that it's a resurgence of a former first round pick here? No, no, just fun stat I want to I want to put out cuz I saw it on Twitter is that Atlanta on offense could field 11 first round picks. All their starters are former first round picks. Oh my goodness. So so that could be a thing come come week 1, which would be just incredible just to have that in the stat book. I want to see that and I want to hear Chris Collinsworth talk about it. For the first 10 minutes of the broadcast and nothing else, just mentioning how it's, I'm assuming it's going to be Collinsworth for some reason. I don't know why, but for the first 
bit. That's all I want to hear about. And then I want to see them score no touchdowns for the first half. <laughs> Just because it's not about where they were drafted prior. It's about where they're at now. Treadwell, I'm happy for the guy getting some version of a different opportunity. Um, he This basically eliminates Russell Gage as, an, as a thing. Which That's is, about all this does for me. Uh, does it, though? Yeah. No, I really, I really think that he could push for the number three. Um, Russell Gage was good, but... Um, but as we said, wide receivers going to a new team. We don't know what the offseason program is going to look like at this point. Uh, I think Treadwell is going to be on the outside looking in. Not saying that he'll necessarily get cut or anything, but I mean he only was signed for a one-year contract, so it's not like they invested a lot in him. Um, so I just I don't know. That's fair. That's, you know that's fair. Um, I, I guess I get I get caught up in the narrative only for that bit of it of like oh boy here here comes somebody because um, Russell Gage just didn't have anything really behind him either. Um, it's not as if he was uh, super important right. to coaching staff um, or anything like that. Uh, he, again, he was very good. All right, we're back. Sorry about that, folks. We had a little bit of uh, internet uh, difficulties here. Uh, the one oh, downside about... It was an internet failure. Yes, yes. The one downside about technology. Um, so just kind of picking up where we left off, Jake, I think you were talking about Treadwell a little bit yet. I was. I, I didn't want to tread too hard on it, if you know what I mean. But um, but you know uh, I, mean? I, 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 uh, I smell what you're stepping in. All right. Yeah, we don't really need to labor this point here. Basically, my whole thought was, Treadwell, we'll see. We'll see what happens in Atlanta there. All right. So then we can finally get to your most favorite signing, your your boy from last year, your drinking buddy, Robbie oh. Anderson. Signs with Carolina for two years. So since you're so excited um, to talk about him, why don't you lead us off the conversation? I would love to. Uh, it is a little disappointing for me, though. I was so um, built into... I teeter-totter with this guy all the time, every week. It's, do I love Robbie Anderson this week, or do I not like Robbie Anderson this week? And I just started to like him again. I thought, of all, once we started seeing all the names go off the board um, for these, these landing spots, I thought, okay, Philly hasn't made a move for a wide receiver yet. It's got to be Robbie Anderson time. Because it took him about three days um, after a free agency started to to get anything we hadn't heard any news um in those three days and then all of a sudden he pops up on the panthers did not in my opinion need wide receiver help you have dj moore you have curtis samuel the receivers weren't the issue it was well, especially of someone of robbie anderson's skill level you know it's not like he's just a a, a jag that you're bringing in for an extra body or yeah, it's just depth. So well, it, it seems like, <laughs> you know, from an outside perspective, that seems what like what it was, though. It's like, well, you've already got these two established receivers there. Um, I guess we'll bring in Robbie Anderson. So he didn't go to one of my favorite places. Uh, would have loved to see him on the Packers. Would have loved to see him with Philly. Would have even liked to see him in Denver, uh, opposite Cortland Sutton. But that didn't happen. Mm -hmm. But with the Panthers, I don't hate it as much as I originally did. 
There is a connection that was talked about uh, with P.J. Walker to Matt Rule. There's a similar connection with Robbie Anderson to Matt Rule. So mm-hmm. it kind of makes sense then why he was brought in. I'm actually thinking what could happen is a Curtis Samuel trade at this point. That seems to be the only real overlap there. Okay. So I, I think there's like a 50% chance that Curtis Samuel will get traded. But even if he doesn't, I think Samuel is the biggest loser in this trade. I do think you don't pay Robbie Anderson to come in a decent contract yeah. and then just not play. Yeah, I agree. Um, Curtis Samuel is definitely the big loser here. Um, what do you think about maybe um, Mike Rule instilling an offense similar to what the Rams are doing, where they have the three three wide receivers on the field basically all the time? That would be very interesting. So essentially you'd have more and Anderson on the outside and then Samuel in the slot, I, I, would, I would guess. I would guess. Um, it, it's hard to say, but I'm just, I'm just wondering, you know, because we don't know what, what Mike Rule's offense is going to look like. And with um, uh, whoever the offensive coordinator from uh, LSU is that they brought in, <laughs> we have no idea what that offense is going to look like. So like I said, maybe it's going to be – yeah, I think that's right. So maybe this is going to be more of a, a Ram a Rams type offense where maybe they don't utilize the tight end nearly as much, uh, which would be really sad for my Ian Thomas shares. But um, you know that could be a thing. So maybe it's not necessarily the worst thing in the world. But just at first blush, yeah, I agree. This is not great for um, all the Curtis Samuel truthers out there. Question. Do they have the quarterback to run that offense? I don't. Teddy Bridgewater has always been labeled as a game manager type, like an Alex Smith mm-hmm. uh, dude. Can he run that offense? He's not Kyler, who can sling it a little bit. Right. Uh, but 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 if you you're know. comparing the two offenses and you're saying Bridgewater versus Goff, not not saying they're the same caliber quarterback, but do you see Goff as kind of a game manager or or not? That, that's actually a really good – that's a good point. Thank you. I don't know that he got that label. <laughs> You're welcome. I don't know that he got that label because he always had an excuse. He had uh, Jeff Fisher. Right. Obviously first came in as that excuse. And then – but then he had the coach that came in and let him do it. So it's a good question. And I don't know enough about him in college, I'll be honest. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know what he was like as a prospect coming in other than he was a top-tier guy, hence – why he was drafted as he did right but, but i don't know enough about his style in college to to say yeah so it'll be interesting mm-hmm. i think it definitely puts teddy b in a an interesting fantasy position well i mean give him another weapon why not you know that that doesn't hurt anything that's for sure yeah i mean he should look better than he did in uh, new orleans mm-hmm. and at that point if you're giving him all these guys and yes they still have uh the crucial part of that providing that there's no holdout in cmc so now he has four legitimate weapons um we'll see about ian thomas but he has four really good weapons Mm -hmm. he should be do you think he's top 12 is that possible i think it's possible i probably wouldn't say that definitely right now Uh, but but I, i don't think it's outside the realm of possibilities that's wild. <laughs> yeah, it is. We are living in a wild time, though, Jake. We really are. Everything, 
up is down, left is right. Cats are marrying dogs. It's wild. All right, so then we've got one more um, semi-big wide receiver signing to talk about before we move on over to tight ends. Uh, but Brashad Perryman signed a one-year, $8 million deal with the Jets. Obviously, replaces Robbie Anderson. Yep. I, I don't know. It doesn't do much for me. Um, Will he, I mean, could he produce like he did in Tampa? He could. But different quarterback, different system, I don't know. It just doesn't do a whole lot for me. I say it's a new system. My transfers of quarterbacks holds here uh, with the down tick and what you should expect, even if he is their number one. It's it's Robbie Anderson, but maybe not as good mm-hmm. as what you got for fantasy production, which already wasn't great. Well, and obviously, he only signed a one-year deal, so... You know the team didn't want to invest in in a big contract for him, so I think this is kind of a prove it year for him. Uh, and if he does well, you know, then he'll make bank um, after this year. But I think this is kind of one of those we'll sign, we'll see what you can do, see if you're a good fit for the offense, and then just kind of go from there. For sure. Another quick one that just happened super recently: Tajay Sharp went to the Vikings. Similar deal, one year, basically a veteran minimum deal. Yeah, I and, saw that and I just skipped over it because it really didn't do much for me. I know a few years ago I was all about him and drafted him as a rookie in, in our redraft league because I thought, ooh, he's going to be that sleeper guy, but just never, it just never happened for whatever reason. Um, he could step in as the number two, though, on that offense with uh, Stefan Diggs gone. So maybe if they don't add anybody else, I like BC Johnson more than him he was there last year mm-hmm. so he's a little bit closer to Thielen though than Diggs so I don't know we'll see but yeah I'm not I'm not uh in on Tajay by any chance yeah I agree I agree all right any other wide receivers you want to talk about here no sir okay we will uh, move on to our favorite position the tight end <laughs> can't get enough tight end talk around here that's what we say. That's what's embroidered on all of our pillows. Yep. Um, so we'll start with the the big signing for tight ends. Austin Hooper goes to the Browns on a four-year, $42 million contract. What do you think about that, Jake? A little bummed. I, I, truly, I, I'm a little bummed. I didn't think Atlanta would give him up. I thought they would they would fight to keep that core together because it did work so well. Yeah, but they just didn't have the cap room for him. They didn't, and I understand what his contract ask was. That's what that's what sucks. But when you – honestly, I didn't know if there would be that kind of market out there for him. Yes, we talked about him plenty, you especially. Another little tip of the cap there. Mm-hmm. He was your tight end guy last year, and, and he performed incredibly for fantasy. But it's not as if he's uh, an otherworldly talent at the tight end position. He's not Gronk incarnate or, or you know, even mm-hmm. uh, a super athletic tight end like Noah Fant. So it was it was interesting. But I, I would have rather he stayed in Atlanta. Um, David Njoku is obviously there in Cleveland. Which I uh, just see him being either traded or outright released at this point. There's been talk. There's been uh, bubbles at the water cooler that they want to incorporate more two tight end sets. I don't know. Eh. You can even really consider that. Uh, I think his value goes down, though. I think he is a fringe 
not not fringe tight end one, but low end tight end one. I agree. I, I am really disappointed with this. Austin Hooper has been my guy. Uh, I've been all over him. This is probably one of the worst spots he could have ended up at. Uh, to be honest, just with the other weapons there in Cleveland, you know, you got your two stud wide receivers. And Joku's there. I know he hasn't done much, but he's there. You know, you got the stud running backs. There's just a lot of slices of that pie that's got to go around. And I just don't know that he commands that type of, of volume. Uh, he, Like you said, he's not otherworldly. He's not a Gronk type or, or a Kelsey type uh, tight end. Uh, so I'm really disappointed. I think, you know, he's still a, a tight end one, obviously. But it's going to be definitely that low end, uh, tight end one. I think Hooper fantasy enthusiasts need to hope that Cleveland does not fix their offensive line because that's going to be the best thing for Austin Hooper. Is he's going to be needed, you know, in those quick passes. Mm-hmm. Um, if it doesn't go to Jarvis, it'll go to Hooper. Otherwise, you're going to be disappointed. Yeah, I mean, probably for uh, real world football this is a very good move for for cleveland uh getting yeah. someone reliable in there but for fantasy purposes ugh, ugh. Right. and i'm so invested in austin hooper just uh it's, it was so disappointing when i saw that <laughs> it's not great it's, it's really not great okay moving on though um from the team austin hooper left atlanta trades for hayden hurst from baltimore um what do you feel about this, Jake? I'm excited for Hayden Hurst uh, from a fantasy perspective because we just talked about the fact that Austin Hooper is not an otherworldly talent. It wasn't him commanding that. It was the offense that was kind of commanding it for him. Um, and I, I don't expect him to come right in and, and follow on that tight end one track that Hooper was on. But, yeah, I mean, it's, it's undoubtedly it's a big bump for him. You weren't. You weren't psyched to start Hayden Hurst last year behind Mark Andrews. Obviously. So it's an uptick. But, I don't know. But he is a first-round draft pick, former first-round draft pick, so he's got the draft pedigree. Um, I know in that year a lot of people were very high on him coming out of the draft. Um, that just happened to be the year that uh, Baltimore drafted like six tight ends for their team for some reason. But um, I do like it. I think he's, he's going to be in that tight end one range you know kind of mid to low tight end one uh it's just going to be a matter of does he gel with uh, matt ryan in that offense pretty quickly this thing new tight ends don't have quite as much uh trouble adjusting as new wide receivers do for whatever reason it's probably just what they're asked to do uh, the hayden there is thing i do have to say though i was a little flummoxed by people when he was taken uh first by the by the ravens in the first round there because he was kind of a blocking tight end compared to Mark Andrews. So I think he shed a little bit of that uh, label. But, yeah, I, I am excited for him just because he's kind of the only game in town. Mm-hmm. All right, moving on here. Um, Luke Wilson, sign an extension. I don't know. I just brought that one up just because I want to say his name like that. But um, really, the one I want to talk about his actual brother. You want to talk about Owen a little bit? Yeah. Wow. Um, Wow. What a what a signing. That's a that's a really good signing, you guys. Yes, but really, um, Blake Jarwin resigns with Dallas. uh, Four year contract. So I think that is very good outlook for him. 
they obviously believe he's going to be the guy moving forward here, um, which I really like because I own him in a couple spots. And I think he could be this year's uh, kind of surprise breakout tight end. Yeah, we talked about him on the tight end episode um, as being one of those guys who, you know, Witten, their TE11 last year. And obviously he's playing with the oldest bones in the league pretty much. So, yeah, I think Jarwin gets uh, a nice bump up. I have him inside my top eight, uh, top eight tight ends right now. Ooh, nice. I like that. I know. <laughs> All right. And then the uh, aforementioned Jason Witten signs with Vegas. Sounds like more of a depth move than anything else with Waller and Foster Moreau there. It bums um, me out for Moreau, though, a little bit because maybe his knee thing is worse than we were led to believe. Maybe. Um, um, but maybe Jason Witten just wants to say he's still playing so that he doesn't have to maybe, you know, the, the, the talk about him returning to the booth doesn't start up. He doesn't have to go home and deal with his kids. Yeah, that too. God, somebody sign me. Fuck. Um, Let's see who else we got. Jimmy Graham continues to get paid. Uh, thank you, Chicago, for for signing him for eight million dollars a year on a two year deal. Uh, I mean, guys, <laughs> what were you thinking? Obviously, they just need a, a tight end that can stay healthy, which Jimmy Graham has done the last few years, as we know. But it obviously hasn't been um, anything fantasy related. So. Um, yeah. How much is that going to do for for fantasy? Not much, in my opinion. What do you think? No, it, it might help the quarterback, whoever that ends up being, uh, in in Chicago there to have an actual tight end presence at the red zone instead of uh, you know who's the sixth guy in the depth chart that isn't injured. Right. So if yeah, from that perspective, it probably helps the quarterback. I don't think it hurts anybody else on the team receiver wise or anything um but yeah it's otherwise kind of a nothing sign mm -hmm. all right so here's one that has a little bit more fantasy implications uh eric ebron signs with pittsburgh for a two-year deal which they signed him for 12 million dollars so they got in my opinion a much better tight end a younger tight end for four million dollars less than than what the bear signed for uh, uh jimmy graham <laughs> I mean, yeah. Look, it was a better, <laughs> it was a better signing, and it was done by a team that had zero cap space to work with. It right. Still didn't work. So, uh, yeah, I I like it. It's a bummer. Does this mean that it's the end of Vance McDonald? I think so. And he restructured his contract too, anyway, basically, um, to stay with the team. So, um, so yeah, I think you know if they run two tight end sets, obviously Vance is there, but it's not like Vance has been overly healthy the last couple seasons either. Um, and let's be honest, Ebron's only what twenty five or twenty six. Like he's still he's super young. young. That's right. He is the youngest of bucks. And and um, and and he's flashed. He's like he's had some good seasons. Even last year, you know. Um, wasn't what he had the year before in 2018, but still had a decent season, um, all things considered. Uh, it gives them just another uh, big body red zone presence uh, there in Pittsburgh. Yeah, I mean, it's better than him languishing uh, elsewhere on some of these teams that needed a tight end but might not have been a great fit. Mm -hmm. And let's be honest, um, they haven't had a real good tight end since uh, Heath Miller there in Pittsburgh. So I think Big Ben will uh, like that. The only thing I don't like about this trade 
is that I made a bet uh, with Michelle from the Ball Blast podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, shout out, name drop there. But uh, I firmly believe that Vance McDonald would not be cut this offseason. And this move actually does make me a little nervous because we had we made a, a beer bet about it. Ooh. Uh, yeah. But nice. Uh, nice. Way to keep on, uh, on, on, uh, on brand there. <laughs> I have to stand for it. But it's not like our beer bets where you have to drink the bad beer. It's where one of us had to send good beer to the other person. Yeah, still um, acceptable. It was, nicer, it was a nicer version of it. Yeah. But yeah, this still has me shaking a little bit. Um, but I really do think they'll keep both. But Ebron, um, I, I can't put him inside the top 12. No, I wouldn't expect that right now. I mean, again, not out of the realm of possibilities. But I probably won't be projecting that. He might be on that fringe area there. Uh, his thing has always been the touchdowns, which we know is a very fickle stat. So unless he just gets peppered with touchdowns again this season, I don't see that happening. Fair. Okay, let's see who else we got here. Not much left. Um, Tyler Eifert signed with Jacksonville uh, for a two-year deal. Poor Josh Oliver. I know. I know that makes me sad. <laughs> I had quite a bit of, of that guy elsewhere. Um, but yeah, I, they do need healthy tight ends. They always do. Mm-hmm. For whatever reason, they can't stay healthy in Jacksonville. Um, maybe the, maybe them and the Bears are sharing similar training techniques. Could be. But yeah, but do you like it? Do you like any part of it? No, it doesn't do really much of anything for me. Uh, Eifert hasn't been much of a fantasy-relevant tight end for a number of years now, so I just don't see that changing at this point. He finally stayed healthy last year, though, for he, once. So he did, something. but it didn't translate into fantasy gold like we'd hoped. So. <laughs> no. Moving on. I, I think that's pretty much it, unless there's someone else you want to talk about here. Did we, did we not talk about Greg Olson? Going to Seattle yet? No, we did not. Um, we got because that happened so that. early in in the off season. Forever uh, ago, basically. Basically, but it happened. it happened. I don't like Greg Olson for fantasy. We know this. Uh, we talk, I talked about it so much last year, but and he but he did do well last year. Um, I don't know. I mean, he went to a friendly tight end landscape. He did. I feel like this was more of an insurance signing, um, seeing how their tight ends out there can't stay healthy, you know, with um, uh, Disley having his issues. Yeah, Disley and um, the other Hollister. Oh, thank God you know all the uh, Seattle tight ends because it's totally blanking. You know, I, I feel like this is more of the depth signing at this point than anything else. You know, it, at this point in his career, is Greg Olson better than either one of those options uh, when they were healthy last year? I don't think so. So um, he may not even make the roster. We don't know. It, I think it really depends on the health of, of the two coming back, and and that's that. Fair enough. Yeah, he was the last name that I saw on the list, so I was like, oh, we should actually – we should mention him. I suppose. All right. So I think that about does it. What do you say? Yeah. yeah I think we did it. I think we did it good. All right. Yes. Nailed it. Hard, but also gentle in the same way. In a very yeah. loving way. Yeah. And, the, and like, uh, we'll probably, 
uh, I don't know about you, but I'm probably going to cuddle with my laptop for a few minutes after this. I think. Oh, absolutely. Special. Well, let's just say I'm going to need to uh, sanitize my microphone. Dude. <laughs> All right. Well, as always, folks, um, you know, you can hit us up on Twitter if you have any questions. Uh, we are at Drinking Fantasy on the Twitter machine. Hit us up with your questions. Uh, we're in the midst of the Dynasty um, non-point scoring season here. So any trades you have, um, tag, us, tag us with some uh, 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 Twitter polls, too. We will retweet those and get those out there for you. Uh, any drunk trades you have, we love hearing those. Please keep submitting those to us. Uh, we'll make sure to give you a shout-out on uh, Twitter for that. Uh, you we can to help you pick out like paint samples. We can do that as well. Yeah, we're available uh, for all of it right now. Any way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, you can find me, Dustin, at FFDustyDog on the Twitter machine. You can find me at Jake Trowbridge. And until next week, folks, be safe. Stay six feet away from, from everyone else. Practice your social distancing. We'll all get through this together and keep drinking and talking fantasy football. That's right. Cheers, FFers.